I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, it's Cheyenne and welcome back. Today I'm sitting down with Coach Duran at Dartmouth College. He is a women's volleyball head coach. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so you just completed your fourth season. Can you kind of just tell us about how your season went? You know, it was a lot of up and down season. You know, the biggest challenge coming from where I was before at the University of San Francisco or Villanova or even Temple as an assistant before when it's a scholarship school, when the, the goals are different is to make a change and build a culture, but you have to use your current players, you know, since it's so mm-hmm. hard to get in here. So how do you do that? And how do you influence while you are using players who you might not recruit, um, who might not chose you, but now you're working with them. And I think that was the biggest challenge we're in year four, but practically in the way volleyball goes, it was about the class and a half that was here prior to me getting here, uh, still on, you know, going to be seniors next year. So this transition is taking time. Uh, I'm, I really respect and appreciate the players who bought into who I am and what I'm trying to teach. Um, you know, this season, you know, we thought we will uh, have a little more success, but two of our, you know, upperclassmen actually got injured in the preseason and missed one missed the entire, two both missed the entire season. So we were very, very young with a freshman setter, with a freshman right side. And so between all the injuries that happened, I was really uh, happy that the team stayed the course and we finished pretty strong this season with wins over Cornell and Columbia and, you know, fifth place in the conference. But uh, we, we all felt that this can sparks for a much better future for us. Yeah, it's just something you can kind of build off and, you're in the middle of spring ball right now. So how is that going? Well, you know, Dartmouth is a term school, like a quarter school. So we, oh. spring, uh, we have two more, two more and a half weeks of winter uh, session here and then spring break. And then we're actually starting the practices in our spring. And the reason is uh, Dartmouth is a special school that uh, offer what we call the deep plan. So none of the schools in the Ivy League require you to be in summer school. Dartmouth, because it's a quarter school, required to be one summer uh, on campus. And then in turn, you get one winter when you can do, you know, internships uh, en- uh, or study abroad or get a job or whatnot. So get a real experience. So right now we have five of our players off campus, uh, three, I think, in Barcelona and three in France, you know, um, experiencing something different. And then they'll come back and we'll regroup and I have about eight to 10 weeks of spring ball. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. That's a really cool experience that they all kind of get to go do internships. Or Are they playing over there or did they just study abroad? Well, I think they have the opportunity, but it depends on the program and the yeah. intensity. Like uh, I was just talking to two of my players and they had a weekend when they were in Copenhagen, in Berlin and Budapest, and then they got to be back in school on Monday in, in uh, France. So, you know, it all depends on the schedule and what's the program entail. But, you know, you, you, you know, in the beginning you would think, well, they'll miss a lot by not practicing, but they also gain a lot by growing up, being more independent, 
learning yeah. different culture, expanding. You know, they come back, they have a little different perspective, they're a little more mature, which I, which I really like. And, uh, you know, I think some of them do practice and some of them, you know, it's a little more challenging. It depends on the town and the city they are. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, how did you get into volleyball and how did you, I know you played and so how did you get into playing and also how did you get into coaching? <laughs> it's a good question. So <laughs> I have to say, you know, when I was 14, 15, I just started kind of high school, uh, seventh grade in my town where I grew up in Israel. I really wanted to play basketball, but the school is very, very small. So we have men's and women's volleyball and track. So we didn't have all the sports like you normally have in the United States. Our school predominantly, there were, uh, you know, many of the the pioneers of, of the kibbutz that I grew up were, uh, you know, from the Eastern European bloc, so survivor of, of the Holocaust from either the Czech Republic, Poland, Ukraine. So volleyball was in their blood. So they started in volleyball teams and a volleyball school. So, you know, I didn't necessarily want it to play much, but, you know, the, the school was so small, they said we need one more player so we can have a team. So I started playing with my high school team. And after one year, I was invited to the junior national team. And from there, things kind of start going in a different direction. Obviously, I love the competition. I love the team aspect of it. I love the training. And I was very fortunate that I was able to go from my small place to, you know, the junior national team, then the national team, and then play professionally. And, you know, when I, 96, that's how I met my wife. She grew up in the United States and she went to play overseas after college in Israel. And that's how we met. And uh, a long time ago when we decided to get married, we, she also wanted to do her master's. So we came to the U.S. I finished playing my career and then I started as an assistant at Temple University. Again, I, I, I wasn't sure this is what I wanted to do. I was a finance risk management major with some engineering part of it. And, uh, you know, after I graduated and, you know, I was an assistant for four years there, we won three A-10 championships. I worked at Signa Group Insurance. And then um, I started coaching club because I still felt connected to the sport. And then, you know, the Villanova job was open and it was an opportunity for me to go back. I wasn't sure if I want to coach in college, but my friend convinced me to interview. Um, was able to help Villanova have the biggest turnaround at the time in Big East history. And then three years later, ended up in University of San Francisco for nine years and all-time coach there, went to the NCAA tournament, was ranked as highest 22 in the country. Um, but, you know, after nine years there, I was looking for something different and coming here was, you know, working with really bright um, student athletes, um, having the balance of what it means to be a, a student athlete as well as family was really a good fit for me. And um, I'm just uh, focusing on trying to make Dartmouth volleyball as good as it can be. Wow, it sounds like you had an amazing journey to get to where you are now and from growing up to playing at a young age to the national team. That's awesome. Yes. I loved hearing that. <laughs> if you were to give anybody a college player uh, or somebody who wanted to play in college, what would your advice be for them? I would say first and foremost, you know, it's really hard to know what you want to be, you know, five, six, ten years from now. I would not imagine me being a coach my age 30 some years ago is to one find a school that 
you see yourself there even if you're not going to play the sport. You know, the environment, the location, the size, and then obviously whether you connect with the head coach and maybe the younger players on the team. And I'll explain. A lot of times, like, you see a senior, she's an All-American, she's awesome, but if you're 11th grade, you're not playing with her. Yeah. Um, you know, if you really connected with, and I have it before, someone go to a school, they really love the assistant coach. He was the recruiting coordinator, but they got a new job or quit coaching mm-hmm. altogether. So, you know, make the decision based on real things, you know, your location, the size, the, the atmosphere of the school, you high academic or you, you want a certain vibe. Those are really important decisions, you know, and I know in, in our sports, a lot of times you pressure kids very young to say, hey, come and play for me, I'll give you a full ride. And then they, now you see the transfer portal just exploding because you don't know at 16 what you want to do. And if you make a decision just based on a name, you come down there and you realize it's very different than what you expect. So really do as, as well as research as, as possibly you can to find the right fit for you. And knowing that even if it's not necessarily what you expected, you'll have to work really hard. You know, a lot of people compare being a student athlete to a job. I always said it's not a job if you're passionate about what you do. So that's another thing. Like for me, every day I'm in the gym or in an office, people ask me, how come I have so much energy? It's because I love what I do. And if you love what you do, just like you do this podcast, it's, it's not work. It's really a joy. Yeah. You know? So how, again, I mean, if someone just play because their parents drive them to the tournament or play because their friends ask them, at the end of the day, you got to really figure if, if you love the sport and if you do, you're going to be successful almost anywhere you're going to be. I love that. I think that's such great advice that you have to have the love for whatever you're doing. And also when you're picking a school, you got to pick, hey, can you see yourself there if something changes anyways? I like that. Can you kind of expound a little bit more on your favorite travel experiences? I'm sure you have really cool experiences. So I'd love to hear them, whether it was as a coach, as a player, um, or just in your personal life. Yeah, awesome. Uh, my, my favorite trip as a player, well, I have a couple. One of the best memories I have is in 95, we were part of the Israeli university team that went to Japan for the World University Games representing Israel. And we ended up finished fourth in the world. We had a month-long trip. You know, the funny story about that, that our coach said, we don't have a setter on the team, so we're not going to send the team. And we always dream to go to Japan. So we made a bet that if I will set and we will beat the first team, then we, he cannot say he can send us. <laughs> um, and I practiced for two months or some just to set because I was an outside hitter. And we ended up in the practice beating the, the, the players who will not make it to Japan. And we went to Japan and finished fourth in the world. We beat USA, we beat Canada, Poland, Sweden, and really have a remarkable tournament when, you know, we not only got to have an amazing cultural experience, we played in front of 17, 18,000 people every gym we went, and literally the best results we ever have as a, as, as a nation, you know. Um, and the Japanese organized, just like they will do for this Tokyo Olympics, an amazing job of organizing. I remember being in the, in the village, in the kind of like the Olympic village or the World University Game Village. And at the time, the U.S. men's basketball team was Ray Allen and Allen Iverson and 
you know, and some of those guys later uh-huh. you follow up and you watch some of the Olympians because it's, it's basically the World University Games and Olympics for under 26. So it was an amazing experience for us. I have another trip when we, as a team, were, uh, when I was about 20, we came to play on the West Coast against college teams. And um, I was 1990 and I was very young and we played Pepperdine USC San Diego State at the time had a team, Santa Barbara, UCLA, and Northridge, and we went 8-0 and and had an amazing trip. And those were special because, you know, for the most part, we competed in a European region, so a lot of our trips were be more like, you know, uh, in Europe and focusing strictly on playing, and this one we had a chance to also travel and see different things. Later, as a coach, when I was at the University of San Francisco, I had a chance to take the team to an international trip to Europe. We went to the Czech Republic, uh, Hungary, uh, Slovenia, Croatia, and finished in Venice. That was an amazing experience for the team. We took a nighttime train, which, you know, uh, was an experience by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later I did a missionary trip with with uh, the University of San Francisco when I worked really closely with, uh, you know, one of my friends there and we took a group of students to Peru and uh, worked with, uh, you know, different uh, youth, uh, unprivileged youth in the mountains. Uh, That was really, really amazing experience to see how much joy we can bring for kids that basically don't have anything and live between the agreement was that when we go play with them at the playground, the drug dealers stay out for two hours, but we could not have cameras. We couldn't have anything, you know? So, yeah. you know, for some of our students from the United States, I have two players that joined that trip. It was a real eye opening to see how fortunate we are. And at the, in, you know, at the tail end of it, my wife and my son came and we did Machu Picchu, which was, and you know, I recommend it to anyone who can ever be in, as high and as close to, to God as we stay to go there because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, amazing view and we were very fortunate. We, had, we did the Sacred Valley and so that's also one of my favorite trips. Wow, it sounds like you've kind of had some really, really cool experiences. I have to ask though, do you like hitting or setting better since you had to become a setter? You know, I, I, I love both, but I wish I could, you know, grow as a setter. I'm only 6'2", you know, and... Uh, I was a really good passer and a defender, and I loved that. But, you know, I, I, if I would be trained as a setter, my career might be a little longer. Yeah, wow. I just love your stories you shared. I think that's so awesome. Thanks for sharing those. You're welcome. Also, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. So what is one thing that no one knows about you that you can share with us? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, um, I always use it because... When I was about one and a half, I had an accident. So my left hand, I have part of my finger and a half of the little chop. So every time the setter argues when they can't do something, I, say, <laughs> I can set when I miss half a finger. So, you know, um, it happens. Um, that's, that's a story I can share. Obviously, I can show it to you now here. But um, it shows that, you know, you don't have to be perfect and there is still hurdles in life and, you know, and making the most of what you have is just an opportunity that you should take. And, and you know, I always tell the kids, life is really short and you never know. So I might as well do the most out of it. Yeah, I love that.
to kind of wrap up um, the last question, what's your next adventure, whether it's with your team, what are you most excited about this upcoming season? What's up next? My next adventure, you know, I, I hope I can lead this team to do something that's never been done before. Dartmouth is the youngest varsity volleyball program in the Ivy. And, you know, just to make sure that we get into that top four and being a contender in the next three to four years will be an amazing accomplishment. Um, as a player, I got a chance to play for, uh, you know, championship teams and coached in teams that made the NCAA, whether it's at Temple or in San Francisco, and, and seen so many, seen coach Olympians, and it's been an amazing journey. But to take on an organization that never experienced it and try to teach it and try to see how the players embrace that and wants to... To, to take on that challenge, that's probably will be my biggest challenge. Yeah, I like that. And we wish you the best of luck. Um, thank you so much, Coach Duran, for jumping on this podcast. I loved hearing all of your different experiences and your insights. It was awesome. Thank you. And Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.